How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or find out more about The Baptismal River at issuesetc.org. The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. Basically, you can't have a hate crime against a group that Yale Law School, Harvard Law School, and the New York Times and NPR don't think is an oppressed minority. And I think that now it is very important to encourage Christians in Finland and everywhere that now it is the time to be open, not to be silent, to be open about your faith. In those kinds of services, we have what are called praise teams. I've often wondered why there aren't lament teams. The Bible is not primarily what I would call an upward-looking book, but it's a forward-looking book. So it's, it's not a book that's so much concerned about the die and go to heaven piece, but it's more concerned. I mean, the thing it's fixated on is the resurrection and the renewal of all things. This is Pastor Michael and Lindsay Schmidt of Natoma, Kansas. And whenever we go on vacation, we always take along issues, etc to help pass the interstate mile. Issues Etc. Talk radio for the vacationing Lutheran family. More John Mangley, please. Baptism is a big deal in Scripture, foreshadowed in the Old Testament, taught explicitly first by Christ, then by his apostles. So what does the baptized life look like, and why is holiness a major feature of that baptized life. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be concluding our two-part series on Christian baptism with Dr. Richard Davenport, author of the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River. Pastor Tom Baker will be alongside to teach a Sunday school lesson on the fall of Jericho in Joshua chapters 5 and 6. And then Pastor Peter Bender will help us look forward to Sunday morning. According to the one-year lectionary, we'll be talking about the 10th Sunday after Trinity. Yesterday, we interviewed Dr. Richard Davenport about Christian baptism. He's pastor of Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and author of the Issues Etc. Book of the Month, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. We've covered with him creation and baptism, circumcision and baptism, the account of Israel wandering in the wilderness and baptism. Let's pick up where we left off with Dr. Davenport's answer to the question, how does baptism necessarily lead to Christian discipleship? Well, Jesus tells us that that's what it means to be a disciple. You are somebody who is being taught and somebody who has been baptized. And that these are both requirements for being a disciple. You can't just do one or the other. They have to go together. And that's in part because we see all of the things that baptism is doing. And so the amount of work that God is carrying out in our lives when we come to the font is truly astounding. And it's not something that you can get anywhere else because all of those Old Testament promises that are attached to those baptismal events 
are found only in this place. You're not going to go off in the woods on your hunting trip and think that, well, God's going to bless me in the same way. It doesn't work like that. God doesn't make those promises willy-nilly and just say, well, wherever you want to find them, that's where I'll put them. He says, here is where you can come. Here is where I'm going to be active in this way. And so to be recreated, you need to come to the font. And you have to be recreated because that's the kind of person that you need to be to be my disciple to understand what it means to all of the things that I'm teaching you to know what they mean and what I'm doing with them. So those two requirements, they're meant to work together. I am baptized maybe as an infant, and then I learn what God is doing for me through that baptism. Or perhaps if I'm baptized a little later in life, then I've learned a little bit about what God is going to do for me through my baptism, and then I receive it. And in either case, I continue that life of discipleship. I continue to learn from him. I continue to follow him. I continue to try and emulate him to be even though I know I can't be perfect in this life, I make the effort. I try and try and live out my kingly vocation, my priestly vocation, my prophetic vocation. And I understand what that looks like because I look to Jesus and I see him doing all of those things. So what does the baptized life look like? Well, seeing the image of God, seeing this anointing theology, it gives me a really good blueprint for the kinds of things that I'm supposed to be busy about. I mean, God doesn't tell me specifically, well, should I support this charity or should I go and help out with this fundraiser or those kinds of things, but he gives me the kinds of work that I should be doing. And it's a really helpful way to look at your life because there is at no point in your life where you say, I have no purpose. I have no meaning. I don't know what I'm doing here. There's nothing for me to do. There's nothing meaningful that I can do because God says, I've given you these jobs. I've given you these vocations because I want you to have them. This is the work I want you to be doing. So even if you're doing something so minor as picking up trash on the side of the road. Guess what? That's you carrying out your kingly vocation. Good job. That's what God wants you to do. If all you can do because you're stuck in a nursing home and you're elderly and you can't get around and all you can do is pray for people, guess what? That's you carrying out your priestly vocation. Good job. That's what God wants you to do. If you can tell others what God has in his word, great. That's your prophetic role. That's what God wants you to do. Any of those things, all of those things, they're all good. And maybe you can do some of these today. Maybe you can do some tomorrow, but they're all there. They're all waiting for you. And no matter how big or small the effort you're able to make on those is, that's not the important part. The important part is, are you doing what God called you to do? And if the answer is yes, great. That's what God put you there for. And your baptism is helping you to do exactly that. It's showing you what that looks like. And it's showing you that this is a good and God-pleasing thing because that's what God gave you. And that's what all of us are here to do. Why is holiness a major feature of 
baptism? Holiness is is a huge feature of baptism. And I mean, we call it holy baptism, but I think most folks would have some trouble as to understanding, well, what does it mean for something to be holy? And, and it's the basic definition is that it's something set apart. It's something distinct from the rest. But Going out through the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, God spells out what holiness really looks like. And it's not just something that's set apart. It's something that's his. And so that means it's treated differently. The basic word in Greek, baptizo, just means to wash, to clean something, usually with water. But when we're talking holy baptism, now God is taking a washing and he's doing something different with it. He's applying his promises to it. And that's kind of where Luther really focuses, right? The word added to the water makes it the sacrament. So what is it that God is doing here? Well, and again, the anointing idea comes into play because when you're anointed, when anything is anointed, it becomes holy. It's not to be used for common things anymore. It's different now. God has claimed it. So in all the utensils and paraphernalia that went into the tabernacle and later the temple, they were all anointed with the anointing oil. So before you had just a gold candlestick, for instance, and you could have done whatever you want with it, but now it's been anointed. It's God's. It has to be used for godly things. It has to be used by his rules. It's his now. He has laid claim to it. Well, all of that continues to be true when we're talking about baptism. You get anointed. You are covered with this holiness. And when that happens, God has laid claim to you. That means you can't just run off and do whatever you want anymore. You you have rules that you need to live by. And in part, that's because God has called you to a purpose that not everybody else can do. You can't do all of this discipleship stuff. You can't do all of this prophet, priest, king stuff unless God has claimed you and given you that purpose once again. So if you've been claimed by God, but then you're acting like just everybody else acts out there, then you're showing that well, God, you, you, I'm not really yours. I can, I'm still kind of my own boss. I can still do whatever I want, live by my own rules. And God warns us, that's not how this works. Be part of his creative work means you got to do it in the way he says it's got to be done. You got to look for his promises where he says they're going to be. So we're claimed by him and we're set apart. The church is always called to look different than the world around them. We're not supposed to get into the same kinds of trouble and lawlessness and licentiousness that everybody else gets into. And if we are, then we're the ones who are doing it wrong. We're the ones who are denigrating and disrespecting what God has given to us and what the people that God has made us. So, that baptismal work sets us apart. 
it calls us to be different people. God has made us different people, and now he tells us it's time to act like it. Dr. Richard Davenport is our guest. It's the conclusion of our two-part series on Christian baptism. On the other side, some other baptismal themes in Scripture. If you were unable to attend this year's Making the Case conference, we have good news for you. We've produced a recording of each of the speakers' presentations, all of the worship services, and the hymn sing. You can watch an on-demand video stream or download a podcast for a contribution of $300 to Issues Etc. by Labor Day. Learn more at issuesetc.org or make your $300 check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. It's commonly said that heresies are 90% truth and only 10% wrong, but it's the 10% that subverts all of Christian doctrine and all of Christian teaching by the essential errors that they promote. Well, if you're wondering about heresies, both ancient and modern, you should pick up a copy of the August issue of The Lutheran Witness, where we talk about these heresies, their ancient roots, and how to mark and avoid them. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe or learn more at our website, witness.lsms.org. Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. The faith once for all delivered to the saints. You're listening to Issues Etc. Bethel Lutheran Church in Howard City, Michigan preaches Christ and Him crucified. At Bethel, God's word of salvation is boldly proclaimed in all its truth and the sacraments are rightly administered. These means of grace help us peacefully navigate the craziness of this world. Bethel is centrally located between Grand Rapids and Big Rapids, just two miles east of US-131. Our divine services are at 9.30 a.m. Join us this Sunday to receive God's marvelous gifts of grace. Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR23 to save on your order. Simplyclassical.com. We are concluding our two-part series on Christian baptism with Dr. Richard Davenport. He's author of the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. Dr. Davenport, up to this point and in our previous conversation, we've talked about the connection between creation and baptism, the flood and baptism, circumcision and baptism, several others. Were there other baptismal themes that you didn't get to cover? So there's a lot that I had to kind of look over in terms of arranging this Bible study, I had to leave out the whole study of leprosy and what that does in the Old Testament. You have the big stories that most of us know, like Naaman and such, but there's a whole process to how God deals with leprosy and what it meant for the Old Testament Israelites to have these terrible skin diseases meant being 
separated from God's people. It means being separated from the life of God's people. You knew your family and your friends were were out there. Maybe you could wave at them from a distance. You could maybe talk to them from a distance. But that's about the only kind of contact you can really have with them. And more importantly, it meant that you couldn't enter God's presence. The temple was forbidden from you. So to know that God was there, but that you were barred from that special place where God dwelled and was doing those gracious things, it meant you were a pretty big object lesson to what sin does to people. If you are a sinner, you can't go where God is. Why Isaiah in in Isaiah chapter 6 recognizes that he is in a bad place when he is suddenly brought into God's temple. He recognizes his uncleanness and says, no, I don't belong here. And that was true of lepers. But again, for those lepers for whom the disease kind of ran its course and cleared up, there was a process by which they could come back. And that process involved washing, it involved being examined by the priest to make sure there was no lingering patches of that skin disease. And then they would wash again. And finally, they would be declared clean. And at that point, whatever they were before, whether they were lepers or they had some other kind of terrible skin disease, that was gone now. It was no longer remembered and no longer had any bearing on their status. They were now clean and the God's presence was open to them. They could come in and be a part of the whole life of the worshiping life of Israel and that's again kind of the, the the setup we see with baptism because baptism ultimately is a preparation. Baptism isn't the end, it's the stepping stone. It's that process by which God makes us ready to do the even bigger and better thing, which is communion, where we actually get to step up to the altar and be in the presence of God. And so we look at what baptism is doing for us and we get excited because for all the amazing things that baptism is doing, there's something even better that's waiting for us in the future. What does every Christian need to know about their baptism? Well, that baptism has so much going on that It's not something that you want to just take lightly. Many of us know that we were baptized. If we were lifelong Lutherans, we were probably baptized as infants. And we think, well, it's good that that happened. And that's one of those things that I can kind of check off of my list of things I need to do as a Christian. I got that taken care of and it's done. I'm glad I got it done. And I know that God gives me forgiveness in there and and that's great. But for most of us, that's about where our thoughts on baptism end. And 
when we take a deeper look at baptism, when we see what God is doing for us, and not just what he gave us at that moment, but what he's continuing to do for us throughout our lives because we got baptized, it should really change everything we do throughout the day. This is guiding our life. It's giving us purpose. It's telling us who we are as God's people and as children of God. It's reaffirming our ability to be with God because we are holy. All of this stuff is going on. But until you take that deeper look into baptism, you're never going to see just how much God is doing for you in your baptism. Why do you think Luther didn't cover all of these things we've been discussing in his large and small catechisms? So Luther is dealing with some really specific problems that are arising. I mean, all of the issues that he's finding in his dealings with the Catholic Church and the life that they're trying to mold their people into and all the works that people have to do to earn God's forgiveness. It's a big task. He's got a lot on his plate. So he's really focused on making sure people know that they are saved by grace alone. So making sure that Christians have this fundamental understanding of what baptism is was really important for him, recognizing that this is a means of grace, that God is the one doing this, that it is entirely his work, was the most important part of what Luther was trying to accomplish. And he had to make sure that that was the case before he could really dig into anything deeper that might also be going on there, which is why throughout all of his writings, he's always talking about God's promise, God's promise. Where do you find God's promise? What is it that God is promising? When he brings out baptism, for instance, he's always talking, God has made these promises for you. You can be assured that God is working in your baptism, that no matter who you are, what kind of sinner you are, God still makes these promises for you, and they're always going to be true. So Luther, he just really doesn't get the chance to get into all of this other stuff that's going on. He's clearly aware of it which is why he has that little bit in the flood prayer. He knows that there's more that baptism is accomplishing, but he has to make sure that people have the basics before they can get into more advanced ideas that are coming out of Scripture. Dr. Richard Davenport is pastor of Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Smith, Arkansas. He's author of The Issues Etc., a book of the month for August, The Baptismal River, studying the sacrament throughout Scripture. You can purchase this new resource at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives, or by calling Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040. Ask for The Baptismal River, The Issues, Etc., Book of the Month. Dr. Davenport, thanks. Thanks for letting me uh, share a little bit of all of the great things I found. Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel will be with us on the other side to teach a Sunday school lesson on the fall of Jericho. It begins with a man with a sword in his hand appearing to Joshua. The man turns out to be the Lord himself. 
How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or find out more about The Baptismal River at issuesetc.org. The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. Psalm 144 1. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Those serving in the armed forces want LCMS chaplains. We need courageous pastors to bring the gospel and sacraments to those protecting our nation, along with wise counsel and the peace found only in Christ Jesus. If you are between the age of 26 and 43 and have a heart for ministry in the armed forces, call 314 996 1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's best, is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at SiestaKeyRentalGenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858. Sacramental. Historical. Liturgical. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Christ Lutheran, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Gloria Day Lutheran, Davie, Florida. Hope Lutheran, Spokane Valley, Washington. Lutheran Church of the Cross, Rockville, Maryland. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Kingsford, Michigan. Redeemer Lutheran, Fairhope, Alabama. St. John Lutheran, Clintonville, Wisconsin. St. Paul Lutheran, Hamill, Illinois. Trinity Lutheran, Fredericktown, Missouri. And Zion Lutheran, Embarrass, Wisconsin. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.